Welcome, Mistorians. Host Austin Heave-She and host Brenda She-Her have been waiting for you. Come along for Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 23. This is the second episode of season two of Secret History of Nerd Mysteries. My name is host Brenda. I'm host Austin. And we're just we're just here. We're just doing it. We got two. (laughs) We have two seasons. We're on a network. We're on our phones. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Brenda's Internet is so bad. These past couple days, we're just on our phones. And we had trouble last week. Um too with lag my internet is just abysmal right now and i don't know what to do about it i'm still pretty sure it's the villain from scooby-doo person from cyber chase personally whose name (laughs) i meant to look up for this bit and i didn't look it up i don't think i don't think he has a name i think he's just like um this virus's son (laughs) (laughs) let's go hacker man You and me, what mano y mano? Yeah, so we're gonna skip nerd news this week. One because the nerd the nerd news wasn't great, and two we still haven't quite figured out what our posting schedule is, like when things are going up with the network. Mm-hmm. That's just a change in like workflow, so we're figuring it out. But so, yeah, no nerd news. Yeah, we didn't miss anything. I, I we probably posted on Twitter if something big happened, and if we didn't post on yeah. Twitter besides jokes then whatever happened we didn't care about so sorry (laughs) you were posting about mickey mouse's older sister oh my god mickey mouse's older sister yeah yeah (laughs) no felicity felicity okay i knew it was like a flu name yeah that's so that's my next obsession i was very deep in research for this week's episode um but i once we're out of spooky month we're we're gonna talk about felicity i'm sure (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like, the Mickey Mouse um, expanded comics universe is absolutely bananas. <laughs> like, it's its own thing. If you think, like, you're like, wow, Mickey Mouse, boring. Don't, like, what does he even do? Mm. Read the comics. He does a lot of things, and there's this whole of characters that, like, you never get to see. It's just its own independent universe, and it's mm. pretty cool. It's been going on literally forever. It's... <laughs> Pretty wild. Um, speaking of universes and Disney, coincidentally, uh, we're going to take a trip back to the 90s. Before Disney owned a company called Marvel Studios, specifically to 1998, and keeping with our spooky theme, we're talking about the best movie, the best action movie in the 90s easily, uh, Blade. Yeah! <laughs> um... So, before I get too into it, I found out, mm-hmm. Brenda, my partner, had never seen the movie Blade. Really? Yeah, I felt like a failure. I was just like, what do you mean you've never seen? <laughs> of course, you, I was like, of course you watch Blade. And they're like, no, I've never never <laughs> seen Blade. I, I know you talk about it a lot. And I just kind of nod my head and go, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't worry, we're still married. They loved Blade, so. <laughs> Good. We're all, we're all groovy. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, we're going to talk about Blade. Uh, I think, so, just a little, like, primer. I'll do, like, the Blade from comics, which is, we'll get into why it's not super relevant anymore, but Blade was a character uh, who was also known as Eric Brooks. He first premiered in Tomb of Dracula, uh, number 10, in July 1973. He's created by Marv Wolfman, and an artist whose name I forgot. I just know Marv Wolfman's name off the top of my head. Um... (laughs) It's not super prevalent because Blade was pretty much a side character in his early iteration. He was in Tomb of Dracula. He had a few of his own books. He was in a book called, it was like Daywalkers or Night Stalkers or something. Um, mm-hmm. 
But that was kind of it. He didn't really get used. Uh, he was a pretty big black exploitation character. Like in the seventies, when he got made, he had like a yellow, like button-up shirt and like purple pants. Um, his mentor was a jazz musician who killed vampires by night. Um, and he was so the way they wrote it. Uh, he was raised in a in a. Uh, I'm trying to think of a better way than how they would have said it. His mom was a sex worker, um, and he was raised by other sex workers because his mom dies when he's born. Um, but we both know the words they were using for these things that I don't, I don't care to use. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what we're trying to convey. Film you know, <laughs> I don't need yeah. to say it. If you don't know, like go Google Blade Wikipedia and you can read the unsavory words people use. Um, but. So that was kind of it for Blade until the 90s. Um, so it was 1992, and a guy by the name of Peter Frankfurt, who worked for New Line Cinema, um, which is the studio that eventually puts out Blade, started thinking about, like, he's like, I want to... He wanted to make something new. He had worked on a movie by the name of uh, Juice, which was which starred Tupac and did great. It was a cheap movie. It was like three, four million dollars to make that movie, and he wanted to make a kind of like a superhero hip-hop movie. Like, he really wanted to do that. Marvel was selling off a bunch of properties at the time to people. Um, this is around when uh, Howard the Duck happened. <laughs> <laughs> which we were discussing a couple days ago. Yeah, which is funny to me. Howard the Duck was Marvel's first theatrical release. That's... That's a one way to start it off. <laughs> yeah, and that, that explains literally everything else that goes on with Marvel through this time period in movies. Um, yeah, I mean, this whole time period, this is like, Marvel is doing so poorly. Terrible. They are literally, yeah, just <laughs> about to go under, about to just, like, stop existing. They yeah. literally destroyed the market. <laughs> they were, they had no money. They were doing terrible. There was a Punisher and Captain America movie that both went straight to video that did terrible. Um, yes, that Captain America movie is unwatchable. <laughs> it is. I wa So Sci-Fi did like a marathon of all of those old Captain America movies when um, I think when Captain America First Avenger came out and I tried watching mm -hmm. them and they are they are Brenda's not joking. They are unwatchably bad. <laughs> like you not even as a joke, not even while you're drinking, not even as background noise. It is. I would rather like be stuck with the existential dread of silence than listen to that movie <laughs> i did they had the blu-ray for one of those the direct-to-video captain who, who blu-rayed that yeah it, they released it on blu-ray around the same time uh first avenger came out so mm -hmm. at this point first avenger was out on blu-ray also and you know we were at family video because mm -hmm. that was that was still open in our hometown. Mm -hmm. And uh, mom was like, oh, grab Captain America. And like a grandmother. Oh, no. The, the bootlegged version of Up instead of actual Up. <laughs> I grabbed the wrong Captain America movie. I was like, holy, because like it had just come out. So I was just like, holy shit, it's still here. How is it still here? And I grabbed it. I'm like, God, I got it. I got I got the Captain America movie that just came out. And we get home and I'm just like, Oh no, a mistake has occurred. <laughs> I really wanted you to not realize it until like your mom puts it in, also not realizing, and you sit down and you're like, "What? What's happening?" <laughs> we tried to watch it because we paid for it. Yeah. Uh, but not even a tiny sliver of enjoyment could be wrung from its carcass. <laughs> Sorry, that was a very weird graphic way to explain that. <laughs> no, that's that's about right. Marvel is pretty much a husk. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Peter Frankfurt said he called Marvel before he talked to New Line about trying to get all this going. Um, he said, don't you have any African-American heroes? Any characters that we can make a movie with? He says, Marvel responded with, yeah, we've got Blade. It's kind of a mid-level character no one cares about. He had a couple comics he was in the cover of. Mostly secondary character. Kind of cool. He likes jazz. And that was it. That was uh, Marvel's like, you can have this guy no one cares about. Um, oh. So he was like, cool. He links up with New Line. Uh, the original version of Blade was going to be more of a spoof parody movie. And it was going to start LL Cool J. Oh, no. What? <laughs> Just 
I want everyone to just for a moment take a quiet, quiet second to imagine LL Cool J as Blade. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I, I have no, I don't have words for that at all. Uh, they almost, we almost had LL Cool J as Blade. Um, I can't. I'm looking at a photoshopped image. Someone oh God. Did. <laughs> There's like a side by side comparison of like him and then like Wesley Snipes. Mm-hmm. It's no. just so it's such a different movie. Like L O Cool J wasn't yeah. like he was cool. I mean he's like a big dude, you know. You know nothing against him, but he is more like he's like your uncle that works out, you know. But you're not intimidated yeah. by him. He's like your uncle that works out, and you're like, hey, you know, I want to start working out. You think you can help me? He's like, yeah, sure. And Wesley Snipes is like your cousin that works out. Who you're like, wow. And your mom's like, go talk to him. And you're like, no. <laughs> yeah, you're like intimidated by him. He's like just real buff and like just an energy about him that's yeah. very chaotic and very intense. Which Whereas is weird. like LL Cool J. Yeah. LL Cool J has this smile that's just like, hello. Yeah. When Wesley Snipes smile, you're like, oh, I'm going to die. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got it. <laughs> I always find funny for like talent like that, like in Hollywood, because people are like, Wesley Snipes is like the nicest guy. Like everyone, he's like, he's really funny. He's really cool to be around. Like everyone that I could find, like testament of like meeting him is like, he's great. He was just on the What We Do in the Shadows TV show as- Was he? <laughs> yeah, they, they're like, we have to talk to the Vampire Council and they turn our laptop around and it's Wesley Snipes on Zoom. <laughs> oh my God. Well, let me just like add that to my notebook of reasons why I need to watch the what we do in the shadows show. Yeah, it's it's very so like I'm like that's like, you know, that's a pretty fun loving person. Like he doesn't have to do spoofs like that. Where like we all get it, you know. Like he's like I played Blade, and you know he like and so that's he's just he's a good guy. Um, yeah. So going around in the background as they're working, like you know, this idea of Blade's being kicked around. Um, they had some directors try and join. Uh, Peter Frankfurt's like, we're not, I don't want you. This isn't going to go anywhere. And then they stuck around. And then like, there's a lot of like stalling out of the film. Um, Musty mm-hmm. Snipes comes into the picture because he was talking with New Line to try and get a Black Panther movie made. Um, oh. Which also would have been wild if he got Black Panther in the 90s. Uh, I'm imagining 90s Black Panther and it's a wild It's ride. a wild, <laughs> wild ride. Um <laughs> Because Marvel was looking to sell off Black Panther, I couldn't find a reason why it didn't happen. Like, I didn't find, like, a budget thing or mm-hmm. what it was. Because in the background, everyone, Marvel is liter- has no money. In 1996, they file bankruptcy. <laughs> <laughs> they just, they literally destroyed the market. Yeah, they literally had no money. In 1996, Marvel files Chapter 11 bankruptcy. It takes, like, a year for that to get done. And then they take a year to merge with a company called Toy Biz. Um, oh. And in 1998, they, like, reopen as Marvel Entertainment LLC instead of Marvel Enterprises LLC, I think. The documentation on it is very bad about what their name was <laughs> and what it became. Yeah. Um, but essentially, they merged with just toy company that they were already, like, shareholders with because they were like, we need to make money, we'll make toys. And that is how we got um, Marvel Knights because they're like, we got to make toys, but we need cool comics for the toy. Again, like everything on yeah. this show, it comes back to toys are how we make money. Um, <laughs> no one's going to read these books, but we need books to make toys with. <laughs> um, now it's like, we need books to make movies. Exactly. They're like, books make movies. I hate that. Uh, it's awful. It's a terrible. It's a te- comics are their own thing. They don't, you don't need to make a comic to only think you'll make a movie. What's funny is because they made Blade and Blade was like, I said, like secondary no name character and after they made the blade mm-hmm. movie then blade became like a real comic character um yeah he appeared in the animated spider-man movie and he did not look he had the feel of wesley snipes blade but he didn't they didn't draw him like wesley snipes um mm-hmm. he started appearing in comics i think he got his own run for a little bit like a short miniseries um and again he had like a leather jacket and a motorcycle and he had like cool swords and shit um but his vibe became like Wesley Snipes because Wesley Snipes was now Blade because they had no personality for this character. They didn't really care about him. He was secondary side character that showed up in horror books and killed vampires. And that was kind of it. Yeah. So I find it interesting because there's like 
I feel like there's like a strong history of this for minority status characters because I think of like Harley Quinn as well who was made for a cartoon and now is like a beloved comic character mm-hmm. um was literally made to be like a side one-time side character that jumps out of a cake yeah that's it and, and here we are here we are like now we have birds of prey uh it's a good movie <laughs> I want Harley Quinn jumping out of a cake to meet birds of prey Harley Quinn and they just hug yeah and she's like you don't got to do this anymore why am I crying about Harley Quinn? <laughs> yeah. Uh anyway. Oh, that's for therapy later, I guess. Uh so Blade, like I said, is Blade is the second Marvel film Marvel-based film to receive wide theatrical release. Because we had Howard the Duck, two straight to home movies, Blade. Um Blade ostensibly is why we have hero movies now, why Marvel still has money. Like, without Wesley Snipes and Blade, Marvel is literally... I don't think Marvel's still around. Yeah, like, it wasn't... This is before Spider-Man. Yeah. You know? A lot of people think of, like, Spider-Man as, like, the first... uh, Like, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. Think of that as, like, the first, like, this was the first, quote-unquote, good Marvel movie. And it's like, no, like, Blade was such a mash... Blade's a trilogy for a reason. Mm -hmm. It was, like an incredibly big deal and an incredibly lucrative franchise and um without it we don't have the mcu (laughs) no we absolutely don't and it doesn't get enough credit for that because marvel it while they were going bankrupt it sold like sold out the rights x-men and spider-man and Mm -hmm. they sold off captain america um they already sold off these big name properties to make money and the studios that got them were just sitting on them because they're like your properties suck and they don't make money. So thanks for it. Um, here's your one-time check. We're not we're not doing anything. Yeah, uh, they just were holding on to them. Like there was a Fantastic Four movie that almost got made in '95, only to like keep the like keep the rights active, and then they closed production on it. Like they were. Oh yeah. They it was it's pretty clear they were like they were never gonna make anything. They're just like we had to make a script to like sh- prove we can keep the rights for another ten years or whatever. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. which happens for a lot of films that's why people think Sony made some less good Spider-Man movies to keep the rights to them because there's a timeline on most of these things uh, that's why we got that other bad Fantastic Four movie yes it is <laughs> I like forget about that one it's on Disney Plus and I'm like why <laughs> I like want to watch it because you know they have Michael B. Jordan as Johnny Storm and yeah which was great. It was cool. I'm like, I like that idea of like, I, I was interested in like, cause they had him and then his dad was black, but his sister was still white. And I like the idea of like the white person getting adopted by a black family. Mm-hmm. And then it came out and people are like, literally Google that scene instead. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, if that's really all you care about, please Google that 30 second scene. <laughs> It's like, that's the only redeeming factor of this entire shit show of a film. Yeah. Um, so, coincidentally, in so in 97, comic book films were pretty much, like, duh, like dead in the water. Like, Hollywood was like, this is not this is not how we make money. Because people were like, maybe we'll make comic book movies. Because people like Superman, and you got Spider-Man, and you got Batman. Like, we'll make comic book movies. Um, and they were all flops. Well, Batman and Robin performed well. But it was such a terrible movie, they just hid from making Batman movies. They were like, okay, well, we had a good run with Batman, but we're done with Batman now. It's over. We (laughs) made a bunch of money. We'll never talk about it again. Um, Yeah, they were like, mistake. (laughs) Steel and Spawn also came in 97, and those were just like flops all around. Mm -hmm. Uh, And those both starred like black heroes as the main character so you have them making blade it blades in production by 97 and they're like ooh, superhero movie black guy like the yeah. the cards are not in their favor um i mean if you look at steel which was like also steel and uh, blades kind of like inception is kind of similar because mm-hmm. like they're both characters that really didn't have a lot of development at all they were just kind of present so like very easily, Steel could have been Blade. Yeah, if it just been. if it was watchable. <laughs> I uh, I did not. I that's a good. That is a good point. It's just a bad movie. Um, so the key is make a good movie. <laughs> just make a good movie. It's not hard. So uh, some little some 
cool keynotes on Blade and money and stuff. The entire franchise had a budget, like I added it up, of about $164 million, And oh. the entire franchise as a box office take-home was $415 million worldwide. Whoa. Yeah, that's... Uh, the margins for that, the inflation is a little over half a billion, which would be True. nothing to wink at. Um, and that kind of margin for take home is like insane. Yeah, that's, that is wild. That's a big margin. That is a lot of people making money. That's a very lucrative um, franchise. Uh, the opening weekend for Blade One for the first film was seventeen million, and it kicked out a little. Just you know, uh. You know, uh, what people call an American classic, Saving Private Ryan, out of its box office run in its second week. Yeah, get fuck Private Ryan. <laughs> so, that is, that, like, Saving Private Ryan is one of the highest grossing movies in the 90s. It's in the top 10, I believe. Yeah, no um, one would stop talking about it. <laughs> it's, you know, again, that- <laughs> classic, bunch of famous people, people don't shut up about it. But Blade opened in its... Like, Saving Private Ryan was in its second week and got dropkicked off of the top spot by Blade. Boy. And Blade held its top spot for a second weekend, which, again, this is unheard of for comic movies. They don't do this. They don't do good. Two weekends yeah. at the top? Crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Uh, In um the year 1998, Blade outperformed notable films like Patch Adams, Scream 2, and Man in the Iron Mask, which is starring Leonardo DiCaprio after his incredible year of Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is 1998 Titanic comes out, and Leo is like, if Leo's in it, people are like, I'll see that movie. I, it could be Leo yep. staring at a tree. <laughs> Everyone went to go see Romeo and Juliet. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> which is definitely a film. <laughs> That's the... I'm thinking that's the one where it's like modern, but they just do the play, right? Yeah, so it's like kind of, it's like kind of, I'd say like quote unquote LA. And, but they just say the word for word, the script to Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. And like, again, on paper, that could be interesting, you know? Yeah. It's not. I'm um, letting you know, yeah. everyone, if you've never seen Romeo and Juliet, it's not, it's like on paper, you're like, oh, what a cool art piece. And they don't do that. They could have, they don't. No. Just imagine a version of Romeo and Juliet that features Wind Doves, like a cor- chorus version of Wind Doves Cry. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's what you get. Uh, Blade, uh, the first film, was the 25, 25th highest grossing film domestically of 1998. Wow, 1998 was a wild year for movies. It was so, so. many. I was going through the list so many. I was like, all these movies were in Mulan, the X-Files movie. The Godzilla movie, mm-hmm. Titanic, Saving Private Ryan. Um, there are a bunch of re-releases of older movies that year. Um, also, Pocahontas 2 came out. On VHS. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but it was like, a lot of movies came out that year, guys. And I just, I picked mm-hmm. out the notable ones like Patch Adams and Scream 2. Like, Blade outperformed them. Patch Adams was Robin Williams. And it's a good movie. We were all very obsessed with Ryan Will- Ryan Robin <laughs> We're all obsessed with Ryan Williams. (laughs) We were all very obsessed with Robin Williams in the 90s. Yeah. Scream 2 is just like, you know, it's a, you know, Scream 1 was a hit. And, you know, horror movies usually don't make a lot, but it's just like a lot of famous people are in the movie again. So it's just one of those things like, I don't know, for Blade to outperform some of these big movies to come from a nothing character attached to a studio that just went bankrupt and to be kind of superhero-y is that doesn't like that shouldn't happen um yeah ostensibly blade stakes were yeah yeah the stakes were um simultaneously very low and also incredibly high for this movie (laughs) somehow at the same time (laughs) yeah um confusingly enough the so, Blade ostensibly exists because of Wesley Snipes, who was actor-producer, David Goyer, who was the screenplay writer, and then... Oh, Prank- Mr. Goyer. Oh, Goyer. This is it. This is how he starts. This is his start. He wrote um, um, a few other films, but this is like his big, his big break. Mr. Goyer wrote the screenplay for Man of Steel, He did. Too. Also, the Chris... He did. In the Chris Nolan Batman films, which... 
Listen, everyone, just rewatch them before you think I'm shitting on them. Just rewatch them and then tell me they're as good as you thought they were. They were only as good as you thought they were. I'll dunk on them. They're only as good as you thought they were because the previous Batman movie was Batman. Yeah, we we had no Batman movie and then we got those and it's like, okay, well, yeah, but listen, like... I, I the best Batman stories I think are still like in the games and comics. Uh, the animated series too. Animated series too. Batman has. I'm also including Brave and the Bold because wow, has anyone watched that? Whoa, has anyone watched Brave and the Bold? Whoa, <laughs> Brenda said, "Chris Nolan, get off, get off your fucking high horse. You're not Brave and the Bold." It's like if Brave and the Bold can make me feel something in a musical episode starring Neil Patrick Harris, then that's like some pretty powerful writing right that's, there. That's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty good. You're not wrong. Um, the other person was Peter Frankfurt, who is the producer that I talked about at the beginning. Um, mm. Ostensibly why we have Blade. Uh, David Goyer, when he pitched the screen, the like screenplay, the script, um, what he said to New Line Studios is, I'm going to pitch you to Star Wars of black vampire films, which is not wrong. <laughs> it's true <laughs> <laughs> like it, it, and you have to think like star wars is in the conversation again because phantom menace is 99 so like everyone mm-hmm. anyone in hollywood knows that movie is about to happen because they all probably tried to get on it yeah um so to pitch like you know this could be like your studio star wars is a big t- i would say blade has had the same cultural impact as star wars personally mm-hmm. uh you know, Blade's whole vibe is very close to the Matrix, um, and in my opinion, the two best action franchises of the '90s are Blade and the Matrix. But one of them, yeah, one of them gets talked about still, and one doesn't. Uh, I wonder why. <laughs> Guess which one people still talk about. Um, <laughs> much to my dismay, but it's uh, so these three go to well, these two. Peter Frankfurt and David Goyer do this pitch. They fight off other directors. They finally land on Stephen Nortonton, who had just done one small, like, Australian action film that they both saw on a whim and were like, yeah, that guy. Uh, Who was, like, very taken aback. He was like, uh, one, you know me, two, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But they go to New Line, and New Line, the head of New Line Studio at the time was a guy named Mike DeLuca, who says, I'll make it for $40 million if you get Denzel Washington, $35 million for Wesley Snipes, and $26 million if you get Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, oh my god. They, Wesley Snipes, again, was like already kind of around because of this Black mm-hmm. Panther thing. Um, I was pulling up... Oh, no, this is Blade 3. <laughs> um... <laughs> I was gonna pull up, but the the budget they landed on was about sixty million with Wesley Snipes attached. Um, mm. The uh, Mike DeLuca saw like a early cut of the film and loved absolutely. He was what they described it in this interview. A lot of the stuff I'm pulling is from an interview they did with Entertainment Weekly for the 20 year anniversary in 2018. Yeah. Uh, so it's Mike DeLuca, and then it's. Goyer and Frankfurt are at this like early screening for like all the execs, you know, to make sure they can keep making getting money. Uh, mm-hmm. And Goyer's like, Mike DeLuca was sitting behind me, and he's like, I could literally feel him kicking my seat and whispering, "This is so good." <laughs> uh, he's like, "It got done," and DeLuca was like, "I'll give you whatever you need. Keep doing what you're doing." Oh my god, I love that. Uh, so they kept doing what they were doing. There were reshoots for Blade. The original ending for Blade sounds very bad. Um, <laughs> instead of a cool sword fight, instead, like, the bad guy turns into, like, a blob of blood Blade has to fight. And you can imagine how that would have looked in 90s graphics. Bad. Bad. Very bad. Very bad. Just off. Um, awful. <laughs> and then they're like, we gotta reshoot it. The test audience hates it. And Wesley Snipes being just a genius is like i want to do more martial arts because wesley snipes actually knows martial arts yeah wesley snipes was the actor the producer and the fight choreographer for this movie really yeah he was a very busy man he was like very excited about this role to him this is still one of his this is like his to this is still one of his favorite roles he still loves blade he ostensibly would would keep playing blade if invited back Mm -hmm. um Hey, Marvel. Hey, Marvel. Uh, listen. Hey, Disney. Mahershala Ali is great, but 
you did tell Wesley, Wesley Snipes is on record two separate times that he was in talks with Marvel to make a new Blade movie in 2014 and then again in 2000 and like around the 20th anniversary of like 2017 that mm-hmm. he was in talks to play Blade again to reprise the role. Um, I'm hoping he gets some kind of role in the new film. There's a new film, everybody. Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming. I, I, yeah, he's, they've got a... I kind of hope so. Blade's original mentor was another black man who was a jazz musician who killed vampires with a silver cane. That's not great mm-hmm. on paper. Um, <laughs> but it could be cool if his mentor was just like a black vampire hunter, you know? Um, yeah. You get a bunch of cool winks to the audience where he's like, I've been doing this a long time. And everyone's like, oh, get it? <laughs> <laughs> he was Blade. Did you know that? Me to my mom. <laughs> hey, mom. <laughs> Hey, hey, kid, hey, kid, kid in the front row, he was Blade. I just, like, stand up in, like, the theater, and I'm just like, hey, everybody, have you heard of 1998, is it 1998? Yeah. 1998's blockbuster hit, Blade, starring Wesley Snipes, that's him. That's, that's Wesley, right there. Look, look at him go, I'm so proud. <laughs> um. Wow, he can, he still got it. I start clapping. Wow. <laughs> Like, I, I think they have to because, again, we don't have any of this conversation without Wesley Snipes. Like, he brought Mm-mm. so much to that to the whole franchise. Um, between, like, he was a producer, so he's had his hand in a lot of creative parts. He was the fight choreographer. And Blade has some, like, very iconic fights. Blade has the first hallway Marvel fight that they use for every show now. Yeah. Um, iconic. He storms into, like, the vampire stronghold and to, like you know, ninja-esque vampires with, like, vague electro sticks fight him in a hallway. Uh, they do the wall flips and everything. I'm like, whoa, hey, look, uh, what's that about Daredevil hallway fights? It looks like Blade did it first, huh? Weird. We, we don't talk about that. Yeah. Everybody's like, God, the, the Daredevil fight, wow. And I'm like, I've seen this before. <laughs> this is so very familiar <laughs> yeah. to me. Um... The opening scene to Blade One in the nightclub, like amazing. That that scene lives in my head rent free. <laughs> Cause Blade just walks in and there's like literally a nightclub full of like I you know, a nightclub amount of vampires. I don't know how many that is. And he fight he kills all of well, he kills most of them. Some get away, but like he everyone that tries to fight him loses. Yeah. If you try, you die. <laughs> um Wesley Snipes came up with the costume design for Blade. Because he wanted something he could it, wear and actually fight in. Mm-hmm. He wanted something that kind of looked like a cape, so he thought of the trench coat. And he's like, you know, trench coat's kind of so open. Uh, he didn't want something. Yeah. He's like, it can't be too hot because like he has to be in it all day. So they came up with this like, mm-hmm. it's like lever. And if you pause scenes, it's like uh, almost looks like snowsuit levery material. Uh, yeah. And then he came up with the cool sword. He's like, he has a cool sword. Um, but it can't be on his hip because, like, that messes up the silhouette. And he came up with the idea of, like, a sheaf that went down his spine. So good. Uh. Yeah. That's iconic. Yeah. I'm looking at pictures right it's now. It's so good. So good. Like, it's so fu- Every, every single fucking black kid was like, I'm going to be Blade for Halloween. And every single fucking black kid's mom was like, absolutely not. Who took you to see that movie? It's rated R. <laughs> Um, I saw this movie at opening with my dad, and while I was watching my partner, she was like, your dad took you to see this movie at opening? Yeah, it was like a really big deal. There wasn't, they're like, we're not black action heroes. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at this. Inside of the cape is, like, red. Oh, God, it's so good. Yeah, it's, it's, so much of Blade is, like, ingrained. Um, and I think there's some really cool stuff about just the film in general that Marvel has lost sight of of what made it good so blade is driven for his mission which is i'm going to kill every vampire period mm-hmm. that's it <laughs> um vampires it's are, simple it's good vampires are up to no good and i'm gonna stop them however i can um there is like a female lead but it's not like like throughout the whole movie you're waiting from the kiss and the closest they get is blade feeds on her which feels pretty erotic because we're all horny for vampires yeah, we all are, especially in the nineties. Especially in the nineties. <laughs> uh, you think Twilight was a st- no. no? Like Buffy was out. Um, interview with a vampire mm-hmm. was out. Blade came out. Mm-hmm. We were all just really needed some vampires in that decade. Uh, 
Yeah, and so, like, that's the closest you get to some kind of love scene, but there are multiple times in the movie where she's like, what should I do? And Blade's like, I don't care, I'm hunting vampires. Like, she's around because she won't leave. There are multiple... Yeah, it's like, he doesn't doesn't need her to be here. (laughs) He doesn't care even a little bit, even when his mentor is like, she could help us. She, like, studies, she's like a... She's like a blood doctor, I think it's a hemologist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's cool, you know, it, it, cause it could be cool if she had a little more development. I mean, it is the 90s, she doesn't, she doesn't get a lot, you know, it's very focused on Blade, but I don't think that's bad either, because mm-hmm. you don't, like, you get these big hero movies where it's like, here is a 10 minute scene with their friend, and it's like, that's fine, but I did not come to watch, uh... Spider-Man's friend go on a date. I really didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really don't care. I'm not here for the friend. I'm here for Blade. Yeah, like, I don't, like, it's cool. She's cool. She's doing cool stuff in the background. I'm here to watch Blade cut up vampires. Uh, yeah. And focusing on that makes it a good movie. Like, he's driven and he's like, I fight vampires. Blade, you're hurt. I don't care. I fight vampires. <laughs> I fight for my friends. Yeah, Blade. <laughs> Blade, I love you. I don't care. I fight vampires. <laughs> shut up and that's like the whole film is like there's a scene where blade talks and he's like hmm this deals with vampires so blade i was wondering shut the fuck up (laughs) you're not a vampire so blade what did what did you think about shut up yeah vampires that's that that is like what makes blade blade um (laughs) they keep it up in the second film they lose it in the third film the third film has a lot of problems in my opinion yeah the best part about the third one is the fact that there's a fight scene that takes place on the McBarge. Yeah, that's Austin, really cool. Do you know what the Mc, you know what the McBarge is? I don't know what the McBarge is, but I, that's it's a cool scene. Okay, okay, so yeah, there's this really cool scene on this floating barge, and in the movie, it looks just it's just a restaurant mm-hmm. on the on water. That's that was a McDonald's. <laughs> what? It was a what? Did you know that was a McDonald's? No. Yes. Okay, so. Well, I didn't expect to have to talk about the McBarge. Give me give me five seconds to get the info. McBarge. Okay, here's the barge. Okay, so this is a barge in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a McDonald's that was created. McDonald's was a sponsor of the um, Vancouver Expo 86 in 1986. Mm-hmm. Um, the actual name of this floating McDonald's restaurant is the Friendship 500. Um <laughs> We're going to shoot this Blade fight scene in the Friendship 500. It's going to be great. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was literally just like a floating McDonald's, and it stayed open for like a little while after after Expo 86, and then eventually they closed it, and it just sat there. And that's when, you know, they scouted it for a location for Blade Trinity. And, um, And then it sat there some more, and then a guy bought it, and he dragged it somewhere, and then... And then he dragged it somewhere else, and then he dragged it somewhere else, mm. and it's still out there somewhere. <laughs> so, yeah, that's um, a fun fact. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, yeah, the third film had a lot of issues. It's like, um, there it was just a lot of unhappiness around. Wesley Snipes was very unhappy with the script, and unhappy... Mm-hmm. That David Goyer was the director. He didn't think that was a good choice. Again, Russell Simpson is a producer for this. Like he has, he's not just like, like a lot of reports are like you know that he's a whiny actor, but he's like he's helping make this movie. Like not just like as an yeah. actor, like he has a say. Um, you wouldn't say that he was being whiny if he was just the producer. Exactly. You wouldn't be like this producer. It's like people just view it as like, oh, he's a whiny actor, and it's like, no, he's got a stake in the success of this film yeah. and he really wants this film to do good he's a producer he's a producer and like <laughs> even if he was just an actor quote unquote i'm like this is a yeah this is a big franchise before we had big three-part super like we have three-part superhero franchises because blade was a three-part superhero franchise mm-hmm. um you know before spider-man before spider-man <laughs> like spider-man is happening now because it's 2004 yeah so spider-man is like happening but the blade is still the blueprint like i i think if blade went on with four movies we would have four movie like parts uh for superhero films so he's unhappy with the script he was unhappy with david goyer um mm-hmm. that led to a lot of friction on set where 
he would like cause difficulty while filming. He didn't want to, he didn't like reshooting the scenes. He wasn't happy with the scenes. David Goyer's response to that was just using stand-ins and computer effects to put in Blade instead of like working it out with his co-producer. <laughs> Ooh. Um, Pat Nalzalt was in this movie. Uh, Pat Nalzalt. Who was? <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Pat Nalz- I think I blacked that out. Yeah, Pat Nalz- <laughs> what's in this movie? He had some reports that, like, you know, Wesley Snipes would hang out in his trailer and uh, that he would, um, you know, Pat Nalz- it's like, you know, he would hang out in his trailer, he would, like, smoke in his trailer. He said that there were a few times where Wesley Snipes would get, like, very angry at Goyer because um, Goyer made some accusations that Wesley was being obstinate because he was racist, which... Yes, Goyer is white, and Wesley's two co-stars for the film were Ryan Reynolds and Jessica Biel. This is Ryan Reynolds' first time acting in a Marvel movie, everybody. Wow, and he would never stop. <laughs> he would refuse to ever <laughs> stop ever again. We can't... Ryan Reynolds... We can't make him stop! <laughs> he's like, every ten years I must appear in a Marvel film or I'll die. <laughs> <laughs> this is... I'm all that stands between <laughs> the world and total annihilation. <laughs> I saw this and I was like, Ryan Reynolds was, how many, how many fucking Marvel properties is he going to touch? Even just superhero properties, because yeah. he was also Green Lantern. He, he's like, I refuse to ever give up my crusade. <laughs> you have no idea what's coming. <laughs> Be afraid. Because <laughs> <laughs> there are reports that like Snipes would call Ryan Reynolds a cracker, that he didn't like you know, working with Jessica Biel, he didn't, like, listen to, like, he, there are a lot of reports about this. He did try and sue, um, New Line Studios and David Goyer for not including him on decisions. Like, he was not invited to, mm-hmm. like, to write, to rights for the script. He wasn't invited to casting and stuff that he said was in his contract as a producer to, like, have say in this, that they just yeah kind of turned him into this black guy set piece, which is the exact opposite of why he wanted to join the project. Um, Mm -hmm. and he did, this is, this is true. Um, a lot of the movie takes focus off Blade and focuses more on Ryan Reynolds and Jessica Biel. Like he has less screen time because they're focusing on these two new white characters. Um, yeah. And you, we kind of come to find out that there was talks of like some spinoffs with them and stuff. Um, and so that's probably why they were focusing on them because New Line had all these fantastical ideas of spinoffs um Oof. so it but they weren't like characters were they they're not like mar are they uh i don't they're... think they're like vague characters because they're i think the idea they're going for is they're like the um that book i talked about the day walkers or night stalkers or whatever um mm-hmm. they're like part of that group because they are rogue vampire hunters hmm uh seems like a weird thing to spin off yes (laughs) it's not it's not great i mean it's cool because they fight dracula um feels very jump the sharky because they fight dracula that's like the bad guy and you're like oh i know dracula uh i know him he's my bud (laughs) (laughs) i've seen him in castlevania and he's pretty hot (laughs) so they had this these spinoffs that didn't go anywhere there was talks of like a crossover with the Underworld franchise, which again we wouldn't have without Blade. In my opinion, Underworld feels a lot like mm-hmm. Blade, but they're like, no, all the main characters are white. Don't worry. Yeah. And again, that's mm-hmm. another franchise with a lot more cultural following than Blade. Oh, weird. Weird, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um. Mm. Oh, here it is. Yeah, in 2013, Marvel was working on a script for a new Blade film. In 2015, and in 2016, Wesley Snipes said he was in discussions with Marvel to reprise his role. And then in 2019, they were like, Mahershal Ali is Blade. He's a famous black guy right now. That's how it felt to me. Um, yeah. Like, he's cool. I think he could be a cool Blade. It felt like he's a famous black guy right now. We'll have him instead. Because... Mm-hmm. And it's like, we want Wesley. Yeah, Wesley had Old some... Old man uh, Blade! Wesley had some tax trouble. Everyone, he evaded taxes for a while. Uh, you know. You know, I don't... I don't frankly care. I don't listen. Ta- Ooh, taxes. Oh man, well, you know, Jeff Bezos gets to do it and he's fine, but Wesley goes to jail for yeah. four years, okay. <laughs> you know, my aunt committed tax fraud. Ooh, I talked to her last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's uh that was like a whole thing and then he, he came back and he's like been acting for a while now. I mean I mentioned he was 
on the What We Do in the Shadow show. He's been in some other movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope he gets to be in the new Blade film, personally. Uh, Better. But yeah, Blade Trinity was... It's okay. It did him very dirty. There was mm-hmm. a lot of bad blood. Um, I couldn't... He tried to sue them. It was settled. And there's been no statement since about the details of the lawsuit. Like, But it was settled outside of court with New Line Studio, so... I assume, like, there's some shit there that maybe he can't talk about because I couldn't find him even commenting on the settlement. So they must have signed an NDA about it. Uh, Yeah. Which is unfortunate. It kind of feels like New Line is guilty. Yeah, that feels like they were up to something. It feels like they probably did all the stuff he said they did and maybe more. Wow. Wow. Uh, Just going to edge David Goyer a little closer to my shit list. Yeah. (laughs) He's... He, he's, like, always very close to it. The only reason he's not on the shit list is because he did um, make the Terminator asexual, so... Um, That's true. He, he's on the edge. He's from Ann Arbor. <laughs> he's... Oh, really? Yeah. He went to Huron High School. I know School. where that is. Ann Arbor's <laughs> a city in Michigan, everybody. Yeah. A lot of people are from Michigan, I'm learning. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, yeah, he's written a bunch of stuff. He's kind of, like, the go-to superhero screenplay guy. Mm-hmm. And really bad. He good at it. He's very bad at directing. <laughs> yes. Ugh. Uh Is he good at writing scripts? Once in a blue. Yeah, moon. I was like, arguable. <laughs> Blade, very good. Blade two, very good. Yeah, Blade, great. Blade three, yep. uh oh. Blade three, <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> what happened here? Um, oh, he directed. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah, he's. I yeah, and the idea of like, hey, everyone. Wesley Snipes literally can't be racist to David Goyer. He's not... he He's black and David Goyer's white. I understand he's Jewish. Like, maybe maybe Wesley said something anti-Semitic. I don't know. Well, we probably will never know, but that is... Yeah, with, like, the information that we have, that's not what he was yeah. saying. Uh, we'll, we won't know definitively, but, like, calling a guy, you know, it's cr- not... Crackers? Yeah, chill the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Some people. <laughs> Marv Wolfman tried to sue Blade. Uh, he had an unsuccessful lawsuit because he said he was not. Did they not? Did they not pay him? Well, he said he wasn't doing work for hire when he made Blade because he was working on Tomb of Dracula, and so he tried to mm-hmm. espouse that he owned Blade, which everyone, me and Brenda, and are like in the comics. You it, listen, you don't. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> you. Do you do anything for the big two? It's theirs. Forever. Sorry, Alan Moore. Sorry, sorry, Alan Moore. You <laughs> listen. You got. You got learned. You re- you're educated now. Um, that's literally there are literally other studios because of like because of that reason. We. It, that's mm-hmm. a whole other episode. Anyway, he tried to sue yeah. Marvel. It went absolutely nowhere. Like I like he was like laughed out of a room. Um, they gave him and the artist who I should have looked up in this time period, but I did not. Uh. Because the artist, I don't think, is very active anymore, but Marv Wolfman's still around. Uh, mm-hmm. But they gave them, like, based on, or inspired by characters created by, like, those two. Um, because, again, their version of Blade is, uh, like, they use Blade's name. Like, if he was that upset about yeah, it, like, they could have been like, oh, okay, he's called Sort now. Leave us alone. <laughs> yeah, they literally just had to, like, change his name and it would just be, like, a completely different character. So, Marv Wolfman, done some good stuff. You're wrong here. Yeah, it, it's no good. So they gave him, like, that kind of inspired by it. And for Blade 2 and 3, they didn't. Because, again, it's, like, you, not even remotely close to any work he did besides using a name. And if he's going to sue over a naming convention, that just gets... That's a weird... Like, the reason that lawsuit went nowhere is, like, can you imagine a court saying, well, you wrote that name down, so it's yours forever. Can you imagine the hell that creates for all media anywhere? You know how many fucking Johns there are yeah. in every movie? <laughs> like, in every movie where someone's named John, you always have to say, like, their last name. So it'd be like, John Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine just... John Reynolds, look out! The hell that creates for, like, creatives. Like, oh, well, he named it and put it in a book. So I guess I stole that from you. <laughs> Yeah, you use the name um, Tony once, and then, like, just, like, there's a list of, like, all the- <laughs> Tony the Tiger's coming for Sorry, his fucking you. check. 
hey Marvel, <laughs> hey Marvel, I named something Tony first. I need, the, I'm gonna need that Tony money. <laughs> you're named Tony. I'm named Tony. I'm kind of off orange. Your suit's kind of off orange. <laughs> you said great. I say great. It's the same thing. If you, if you're Tony the Tiger and you and I'm Tony the Tiger, then who's driving this boat? <laughs> who's driving the freight barge? <laughs> um, who's piloting the McBarge? <laughs> uh, yeah. So. That that's like the sword history of Blade. They were all in this Entertainment Weekly interview, so I, I don't know if you know they patched stuff up or there was kind of like it was this big interview, so they all were playing nice. Um, because I I love I love mm-hmm. hot goss, so I was trying to figure out I'm like, do they hate each other? But they again, it's clearly behind some sort of NDA that everyone is like, I'll never talk about it again. Um, yeah. So, we'll probably never know. Unless me and Brenda become famous enough where we can talk to Wesley Snipes alone in a room off record. And then we'll know, but you'll never know. Sorry, listener. We can't, we won't tell you because our word is, it means something. Yeah. So, Wesley Snipes, (laughs) if you're listening to this and you want to hit us up on Twitter just so we can know the hot goss. We will not tell. We won't tell. I promise. On our honor as podcasters and Michiganders. (laughs) Oh no, do you think he's thinking we're in league with David Goyer because we're Michiganders? Oh no, he won't talk to us because all Michiganders know each other. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Wesley, I, I hate Ann Arbor. Fuck that place. Yeah. <laughs> Who told, like, my mom's like, oh, maybe you can, like, move to Ann Arbor. And I was like, <laughs> no. Listen, mom, I will live in a tree. <laughs> yeah. I will live in the backyard. I will live in the wood pile under the deck. <laughs> Um, the other cool thing I had about Blade is it was one of the first films with a bunch of DVD extras. Whoa, DVD extras! That was not, like, super, like, other films had it, but it had, like, an extra, a disc of extras, which was not common at the time. I mean, this is, like, early 90s, so, like, not everyone even has a DVD player. Yeah, they were expensive. But they made it, (laughs) they made it worth your while. Like, I I found a review of the Blade DVD. Someone did this in early 90s internet, and it's archived. And their review was, like, they was talking about, like, the streamlining for the movie, and, like, the, how, like, some of the colors got lost. Like, it was very interesting how they reviewed this DVD copy of Blade. Um. Yeah. They're like, but the dark's a little too dark, and, like, the, like, uh... They used a bunch of technical terms I didn't write down, but essentially they're like, the DVD mm-hmm. copy is pretty good. The extras make it worth your while. Buy it. Buy it. Buy the <laughs> 1999, probably, DVD copy of Blade. If you can find it, it's good, I guess. Or you can probably still grab it on VHS. Probably. It's probably out there. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. There's a TV show in 2006. A Blade TV yeah, show? Yeah, it happens right after the Blade Trinity. No, no one from the movie is in it, except David Goyer is still the oh. writer and, and director. Um, it premiered on Spike TV, when Spike TV was still a little baby network. Uh, oh, tiny baby network. I tried watching it. The show's okay. Uh, it's weird because it's not Wesley Snipes, and I mean... Yeah. 2006 is two years after the movie is done, and I imagine for everyone it was weird that it wasn't Wesley Snipes. <laughs> Yeah, how do you can't have Blade without Wesley you Snipes? You just can't do get, it. Like, listen, Mahershala Ali, I can't stress. Good luck, dude. <laughs> we're good we're luck. all gonna see you show up and be like, that's not Wesley Snipes. I mean, even this movie could be amazing, and the whole time my head's gonna be going, it's not Wesley Snipes though. The whole movie. Who is this imposter? Uh, Mahershala's acting kind of sus. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I wonder how that's going to age when someone listens to this podcast in, like, a year. (laughs) I was like, well, now we've dated it. (laughs) So when... In a month when everyone's done playing (laughs) Among Us. I mean, listen, it'll still track for black people. We've been saying it for so long. You're welcome, everybody else. Now I can say it, and my white friends will know what I'm talking about. (laughs) It's not game, just game lingo, guys. Again! Uh, but yeah, in 2006, it performed apparently very well. It was like the highest rated show for the demographic it wanted to be, which was 18 to 34-year-old 34 34 year dudes. Um, wow. It 
was canceled and most reports I could find were because of budgeting that it was too expensive to make and Spike again this it was like yeah. a pretty new network and its first rendition of itself was pretty gross frankly <laughs> yeah it was like what was their original the first deal? network they for like, men um, yeah that was it uh this network's for men only so like that turned me off okay. like I didn't I didn't watch yeah. this show I didn't watch anything on Spike TV uh because I was like, it's illegal for me to be here. <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was gross. I had a show called The Man Show. Joe Rogan was on that. Um, that's all you need to know Oof. about that show. Uh, Stan Lee made cheesecake art for a cartoon on that network. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was not a good network. It became GQ Network, no. and then it ate G4 Network, and then it died. And that was the end of the first network for me. <laughs> Goodbye. And- um and someday that will be the fate of man hopefully one will <laughs> <laughs> become man will turn into gq and then man will be canceled sounds good bye <laughs> we will we will keep three we will keep wesley snipes we will keep andrew garfield and we will keep no that's it <laughs> that's it those are your two choices that's all, that's all i got uh, you know, you know uh, Denzel Washington. Okay. I'll have to give this more thought. <laughs> Tune in next time. <laughs> uh, do you have any? Tune in next time. Do you have any other thoughts on Blade? Um, I don't have anything to say about the movie per se, but I do have some Blade comic drama. Oh, yeah. Hit, that I can share. Hit me with it. I was like, I, there's a lot of Blade comic stuff, but I was like, I'm going to talk most about the movies. Uh, yeah. There's a bunch of Blade comic stuff. Um, this. This is specifically about a Blade comic series that didn't come Ooh. out. Um, so twenty, I want to say it was like 2017, but it could have been earlier than mm-hmm. that. I was still working at the comic book store. And Marvel solicited a new Blade number one. I remember uh, this. Because you, you texted yes. me. You were like, there's a new Blade book. And I was like, finally. <laughs> yeah. It was like, cool, Blade book. And then like I read the description. And it was like about his daughter. Um like, it was like, Blade's daughter is here, and she's going to kill some vampires. Mm. I was like, hmm, okay, Tom Seeley. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so then um, Twitter, I, I, I think it was Twitter, mm-hmm. probably Twitter. Twitter was just like, hey, maybe this white guy <laughs> shouldn't be writing this book about a black teenage girl. Maybe. And so, like, that kind of, like, gained some traction. And then Tom Seeley... And like a kind of a pretty remarkable uh, move was just like, oh shit, oh god, <laughs> oh fuck, and he was just like, you're right, oh I can't write this, oh no. So then he set out to find a black woman to write mm-hmm. it, and then Marvel canceled. Nice, it. sick. I fucking love the end of that so, story. Yeah, that was that was a great story. I love that. Yeah, Blade. Yeah, it happens um, all the time. I don't think still does not have his own book. He shows up. He showed up in the X Men for a bit. Because Jubilee was a vampire, mm-hmm. and he tries to kill her, and he fights yep. Wolverine, and that's cool. Like, you're like, oh, yeah, this is cool. Yeah. And then Good Blade's fight. like, all right, well, you're going to have to fucking kill her one day, bye. I don't remember how that arc ends. I, I pop in when Blade shows up. <laughs> I'm like, is Jubilee still a vampire? Please answer. Yeah, I have no idea. I have zero <laughs> idea. Maybe. Pro- listen, she's a woman in a Marvel book, so it's probably until they figure out they don't care. Uh, <laughs> until it- Yeah, it's like, they'll just be like... Oh, she's not a vampire. Well, what happened? Yeah. Who ki- did she get a cure? Like who? F- what? Uh, mm, well, she just isn't a vampire. Because she was still she's a vampire still- when, because I popped in when they did the all woman team led by Storm, and she was still a vampire yeah, then. Was- but she was like a daywalker, like yeah. Blade. And they like mentioned Blade, and I was like, oh, and then he doesn't show up. Uh, <laughs> and then he showed up in the War of the Realms crossover last year. He's like on, oh, yeah. he's in one of the books, like the whole time I was like, oh, this is fucking sick. And I was still no Blade book. Uh, but I could, t- like, because he kept, sh- he showed up in a bunch of crossovers lately. He was like in a Gwynpool book. He was in uh, Secret Empire. He was in War of the Realms. I was like, they're going to mm-hmm. announce a Blade movie. And everybody's like, what do you mean? I've been saying it for like th- three fucking years. Like since the Blade book you just talked about, I'm like, they're going to make a Blade movie. They're going to announce a Blade movie in the next three years. Um... Yeah. I have a Facebook post of that somewhere, and when it comes up, I'm going to share it and be like, I fucking told you. What did I fucking say? Uh, what did I like tell you? Like, when ya? it came out, 
I think I was like, I was everyone, I was like, I manifested this into existence. And some people were like, yeah, you've been talking about Blade for like two years. <laughs> um, <laughs> so listen, Marvel, you're obviously tapping my phone. That's cool. Wesley Snipes better show up in this movie. He doesn't got to be Blade. That's fine. I don't want like a weird Son of Blade situation. Like that would be weird. That's played out. But yeah, maybe he's no one does. Maybe it he's the well. mentor guy. Maybe you you do take the old mentor and you make him not terrible because there's really zero source material for Blade. You really kind of can do whatever. You can just make a very good vampire. You movie. could. Um, maybe you can work in some like cool Victorian clothing. Just just for me. Could be. Just one scene. Just fi- just one one scene, old please. scene. Ooh, what if yes. they do it like where, where Blade is turned in like the seventies? Because like uh. In well, not turn because he's born, uh, yeah. But um, in the uh, because in the nineties, he's born in sixty seven, so he's like because he ages as a human, uh, so it like makes sense, you know, for how old he looks. So what if instead mm-hmm. it's like older and he doesn't age like a human? Because there's no rules to this. <laughs> there are no rules. Like what? Just make a good movie. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Blade <laughs> was an incredible film. It changed. It changed the vampire genre entirely. We. Before that, vampire mm-hmm. movies were interview with a vampire, like, romantic, gothic tramedies. Uh, Which have their own have place. Have their own place, but Blade was but... like, what if it's cool fucking action, like, high adrenaline, like, blood-soaked, cool martial arts sword fight? Like, we don't get Underworld without Blade. I can't, I cannot stress enough how important Blade was and does not get the credit he deserves. <laughs> We just got the last Underworld movie. <laughs> we just finished. Last, like, it was like last year, wasn't I it? Think so. It was like, it, there's so many of them. Listen, I, listen, hey, Twilight fans, I don't think you get Twilight without Blade. Yeah, your precious Edward Cullen, you don't get him. Without, you don't get um, Robert Pattinson. <laughs> you don't get, I don't think we get that without Blade. Like, Blade, and it being, it was R rated, like. An R-rated movie being the 25th highest grossing movie, everybody, beating out family movies, is absolutely fucking insane. Mulan came out Mulan that year. Mulan came out that year. Like, movie, R-rated movies don't make money because they're like, you miss out on so much of the demographic, but it's just a good movie. New Blade's gotta be R-rated. It can't be... Yeah. You cannot, like, skip... There are vampires. You cannot skip on blood. I don't know what to tell you. That's their whole thing. It's just every scene just has to be doused in blood. Every I love scene. I love Blade. It has <laughs> listen. It has this great commentary on like there's like a bunch of racial tension going on that they wanted to have in the movie because there's this like pure blood versus turn vampire thing. But then like the bad guy is this white guy who's a turn vampire who's like we should be like the master race and Blade's like fuck like there's so much going on. <laughs> there's this whole talk that Blade has with uh the like doctor i talked about earlier where she's like i understand he's like you don't you can't understand like what i've been through and it's just like it's very good blade one and two are very good three is has like cool fights because they fight dracula uh it's on hulu everyone go watch blade if you haven't seen blade go watch watch it. it it's up on hulu i know you have a hulu login yeah you either have a hulu login also hulu is just there's like a free like, oh, well, there isn't a free version of Hulu anymore. Excuse me. But there is a fairly cheap commercial version of Hulu. Go, listen. And you can also just get... Get a trial. Yeah. Watch Blade this weekend. It's spooky month. Yeah. Maybe when you hear this. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll get this out in October. Maybe November is spooky month now. Maybe time just doesn't mean anything anymore. And now we celebrate Halloween in December. Just watch Blade. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's all I, that's all I got for Blade facts and Blade thoughts, at least now. I mean, there's a bunch, there's always more, but these episodes can only be so long because servers are not infinite. (laughs) Servers are not infinite and, um, it takes me probably twice as long to edit. (laughs) So, yes, but I think that was a very good episode. Give me one moment. I must plug my computer in before it dies. Uh, I know, wouldn't that suck? We have a new outro, I believe. Yes, we because do. Because we have... Oh, we forgot to... We, we have... <laughs> hey, everyone. At the beginning of this episode, you probably heard new stuff. <laughs> well, it's going to be on the beginning of the last episode, too. Uh, so let's not worry about it. And I will just record a a little snippet to go at the end with that information. Sounds good. It. 
because I'll have to do that for the previous episode too. There was new stuff. So <laughs> um, we here we did some fancy stuff. We got a socially distanced photo shoot done. We did. You'll see that. It was as socially yeah, socially distanced as we could. Um I had to see Austin IRL. I was kind of like my brain just couldn't process it. No, I like <laughs> our uh our friend and your co-host for your other podcast, Fictionality, uh, Paloma was like, "What are you, what was seeing Brenda like?" And I was like, "I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I have not fully, I didn't fully process it until we saw that preview shot from the photo shoot." And I was like, "I saw Brenda. Yeah. <laughs> we were together in the same place. I was like dragging Austin around the um, abandoned parts of my hometown mall. <laughs> it was cool. It was a cool time." Um, we yeah. did that. We have an intro now. That's neat. We and we have our we have our own original music. We did we didn't yeah. make it, but it's like our like we paid to have it be our music. A very good friend was just like, "You need some music," yeah. and we were like, "Yeah, yeah," and it's so good. Yeah, so you can find me at um, Batman and Sobin on Twitter. B a t m a n s o b b. I am. Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Sailor Scott Austin. That's at Sailor S C T A U S T I N. Uh, and you can find us as a collective for this show uh, at Nerd Mysteries on Twitter. You can hit us up. Let you know what you think. You give a give a shout or a shout out to our uh, network um, while you're on Twitter. In the Cell Company, they're yeah. they're, do- they're great. They've been amazing. We've asked them for nothing. They've given us like three things already. Yeah, they're like doing these little snippets, like. Like, from our shows that we can, like, share. And it's, like, really cool and have been, like, really great through this whole process. Yeah. I've literally mentioned um, Toys That Made Us in the Power Rangers episode, which is, like, a show that they do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, it just came full circle and it's been really, really great. And it's, I didn't think we were going to be, like, the, their first podcast. No, like, the first it did podcast not on the Cell Network. process that we were, we're a flagship. Hey, Miss Dorians, you're part of a flagship enterprise <laughs> right now. Welcome aboard. Uh, maybe we're a ship yeah, now. So. Uh, grab hoist the anchor on the episode. We're setting sail. Ahoy, Mistorians. <laughs> we're on the McBarge and we're headed into the sea. Where will we go? Who knows? Uh, until next time. Uh, till the next mystery, that's what I say. Until the next mystery, yeah. Mistorians. <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Our music was provided by Esperanza Garay Negron, and you can find their music on Bandcamp at knifenun.bandcamp.com. Our introduction was voiced by Cafe3G. You can find him under that handle on Twitter and Instagram. This podcast is a part of the Nacellecast Podcast Network. Thanks so much for tuning in, and see you next week.